I'm going to go with the misconception of IT band syndrome in runners. What would that be? In order to get this better, you don't need to rest, ice, and put on a knee brace or a knee sleeve to fix it. Those will not fix this condition. The big fix is going to be strengthening those side hip muscles. So here's the question. How do runners like us remain active, get stronger, and heal from injuries without being told to stop running and create a healthy life for ourselves so we can continue to hit PRs well into our 40s and 50s? This is the question, and this podcast is the answer. My name is Dr. Dwayne Scotty, physical therapist, educator, and creator of Spark Physical Therapy. Welcome to the Healthy Runner Podcast. Hello, healthy runners. In this episode, we are talking all things IT band syndrome. So this episode is for you if you currently have or have had in the past that stubborn pain on the outside of your knee when running, especially going up hills. So sometimes it's so sharp that it stops you right in your tracks and you have to walk the rest of the way, unfortunately. So have you thought to yourself, will IT band syndrome ever go away? Have you tried rest, ice, and stopping the one activity you love? And even with that, every time you try to run again, the pain just comes back. What is IT band syndrome? What causes IT band syndrome? How do you know if you have it? So what are the symptoms? And then how do you get rid of it? So what is the treatment? And then how do we prevent it from starting to come back? So I am very excited for this episode as this is actually our first real deep dive on a specific injury on the Healthy Runner podcast, believe it or not. So we are 19 episodes into the podcast and I have not yet done a deep dive into a specific injury. So I have guested on a bunch of different running podcasts. So the Run Buzz podcast, um, just give you a little sneak peek. You're going to see an episode dropping that I did with Steve about runner's knee. And we did a deep dive into runner's knee, patellofemoral pain. That's going to be coming out this week. Um, I've also done a deep dive on the Strength Running podcast with Jason Fitzgerald, where we talked about proximal hamstring tendinopathy And this is actually my first time talking about a common running related injury on my own podcast. So I'm pretty excited about this because this is kind of where my expertise is. And I think all of the other things, if you haven't heard any of the previous 19 episodes yet, you definitely need to go back on the Healthy Runner podcast. You can get it on your favorite app uh, platform for podcast to learn about kind of the initial episodes I dropped was kind of the spark blueprint. And it, it really is the framework that is going to be important for any running related injury moving forward that we talk about in depth. And then I really kind of got into the whole runner because it's not only the physical things we're going to talk about and the specific injuries that we're going to get into today that is going to help you as a runner, but it is the mindset piece. It is the nutrition piece that we talked about last week. It is the motivation. It is, what are some of the other things? We talked about yoga for running, right? So we've talked a lot, a lot about running, and then especially we got into a lot of COVID-related topics just because of what happened in our uh you know, the pandemic that occurred and I wanted to create some content that was actually worthwhile for you with social distancing. And so check out those previous episodes. um, And I'm sure that will help provide a little bit more context. So let's get into, we're going to actually kind of go into a little brief introduction to give you context of what I'm going to be talking about tonight in this episode in talking where you can get a better idea where I'm coming from as it relates to IT band syndrome from a medical practitioner. So I'm going to actually start myself like I did the last couple of interviews that I had guests on the podcast where I'm going to start with my little dynamic warm up, and I'm not going to actually do a dynamic warm up for you, but I'm going to tell you who I am, where I'm from, 
And why do I love to work with the running community? I'm going to keep it as short as possible. So for those of you that don't know me, you're listening to this for the first time. I'm Dr. Dwayne Scotty. I'm a physical therapist, first and foremost, been a physical therapist 17 years. I'm also an educator, a researcher, a running coach, and the creator of Spark Physical Therapy, the Healthy Runner podcast, and the Healthy Runner Facebook group. So with years of experience as a physical therapist, a runner, in combination with my strength and conditioning background. So initially, when I was going back to PT school, back in the day, going through grad school, I was a personal trainer and I decided to get my CSCS certification, so Certified Strength and Conditioning Specialist, and have always loved working out in the gym and learning more about exercise, human performance. So that's kind of where I'm coming from, and I've really applied all of that background to the runners that I work with today to improve their performance. So not only looking at getting rid of their pain, but improving their performance. So I am currently the founder of Spark Physical Therapy, where I provide prehab, rehab, and performance optimization services for the runners in person within the greater New Haven, Connecticut region for either the couch to 5k runner, as well as the experienced marathoner. So I'm also a clinical assistant professor in the Department of Physical Therapy at Quinnipiac University, and I'm responsible for coordinating our musculoskeletal curriculum, our orthopedic classes, so kind of all the examination, intervention, and advanced manual therapy techniques uh, within that program. And it is brings me great joy to see one of my former students, Amy, on the live right now. Amy, it's so good to see you. Hopefully, you're getting like a flashback of being in class. And hopefully, that's not a bad feeling that you're getting right now. Let's get into our main content for tonight. Now, they have a little background contextual where I'm going to go with this. So what is IT band syndrome, also known as iliotibial band syndrome? So let's pull out my little anatomy guy here. We're going to show you the knee. So here's my anatomy guy. We have muscles that surround the knee. You have your quads, and this is a left foot. So we're going to actually look at the lateral part of the leg, so the outside part. This is your IT band. So it's this gray structure here. Those that are listening on the podcast, you're going to want to check out the blog post that I put together on this to get the video version so you can actually see what I am actually pointing out and I will have the uh, replay of the video on my YouTube channel within the blog post, as well as all of the exercise, all the exercise that we're going to talk about today. I'm going to have all those links of the videos within the blog post. So make sure if you're listening to the podcast, you check out the blog post in the show notes. All right. So here is the IT band right here. Goes down the outside part of your knee, connects to a bone just past your knee joint. This IT band starts from a muscle up at your hip called the tensor fascia lata. No, it's not a coffee, all right? It is the TFL muscle. It is a small muscle on the top of your hip, and it actually bends your leg upward and outward. So if you were to kick forward and out to the side, that's what that muscle does, all right? So that is the band. And when someone gets iliotibial band syndrome, it is an irritation of the band as it crosses the knee joint on the outside part. And it simply is an irritation or an overuse. And depending upon how long you've had it for, there are kind of different things that can cause it. So we're going to get into the causes. But the main thing I want you to see from the model here is that this gray portion means it's connective tissue, meaning it's not a specific muscle. So it's not a tendon or a muscle unlike Achilles tendon pain or hamstring muscle pain or hamstring tendon pain, the IT band is unique in that it is more of this connective fibrous tissue and it's not really easy to stretch. So it is a very difficult structure to stretch because it's this long fibrous connective tissue band and when it rubs against the knee, it can cause some irritation if you do too much running or ramp up your training, all right? So that is really what the IT band is, and let's talk about what causes IT band syndrome. So let's get into some of the causes here. So for IT band syndrome, it's basically a loading issue. So 
it's going to result in training loads with running that are too great for the IT band to actually tolerate. Meaning, you may have ramped up your mileage a little too fast too soon. You may have increased the frequency in which you're running during coronavirus right now. You might have been running three days a week, and now you ramped it up to five or six days a week because you need those mental clarity runs, right? Or you might have started back running again, and it's been a while since you've run, but you've kind of picked up your training plan almost where you were running, let's say, back in the fall. Maybe you haven't really started running in 2020 yet, and now you started getting back into it because your gym was closed, and you were like, you know what, I'm going to do a little bit more running. So it can be a combination of any of those, but it's basically your body's telling you there's too much load on it. So now it's going to cause pain and can cause that irritation of right over that bone where that tissue lies. All right. So it's really a load issue with the tissue, just like many of our running related injuries that we talk about. One other cause could be IT band length. And this is actually what I studied for my dissertation project. So for those that don't know, after PT world, I was a PT for 10 years, started teaching part-time, wanted to teach full-time. So then I went back to school for um, double trouble, two doctoral degrees, a PhD, so the terminal degree, um, the academic doctoral degree, as well as the clinical doctoral degree, the DPT, what um, PT students graduate with now. So I went back for those degrees and my dissertation that I spent three years of my life, um, blood, sweat, and tears, was studying this structure, the IT band, in people that had runner's knee. So had that patellofemoral pain. But I looked at IT band length. So I measured test on looking at IT band length. So there is a way that we can measure and see if your IT band is short. So some runners can have a shorter IT band and this can pull on that attachment site a little bit more so as it rubs against the knee and it could be an issue. It could be one of the causative factors. The main causative factor I will tell you that I really wanna stress and to get out of tonight's episode is weakness of your side hip muscles. So the muscles on the outside of your hip, specifically your hip abductor muscle, your gluteus medius muscle comes on the side of your hip. And that is the muscle that controls whether or not your pelvis is level when you're running. So when you run, your pelvis should be level or it should drop two to three degrees. So when you stand on one leg, when we run, we're always on one leg. So when you stand on that one leg, your pelvis should be level. Folks that have weakness of that side hip muscle, your pelvis is going to drop more. So I look at this when I analyze all the runners that I see in person by doing a running analysis and we take video and we see what's happening to your pelvis and your hips and seeing if your hips drop too much. If it's dropping too much, that side hip muscle, that abductor muscle group, the main muscles, the gluteus medius is not doing its work. So it's not doing its work. It's not doing its function. And that will cause your pelvis to drop more and actually cause more irritation to the IT band itself. So that could cause your knee to go inward, or in some cases, sometimes we see you know, the knee going out, but the knee going in is the big issue that we tend to see where that gives more stress. And that is what the recent literature is showing, that it's not only an issue with the repetitive bending and straightening of your knee when you run. So when you run, your knee is going to repetitively bend and straighten. So we have our knee model here. When we run, we strike the ground here, and then we're gonna bend our knee a little bit and then straighten it. Bend it and straighten it, and then it swings forward, and then we kick it out. And so it goes through this small range of motion at the knee where it's bending a couple degrees, and it's really in that 30 degree mark that causes the most irritation to the outside structure. That was what was classically believed to be the main cause is that repetitive bending and straightening of the knee. That's why cyclists get this as well. However, more of the recent literature is showing that it's more in the what we call the frontal plane. So looking at someone from behind when they're running, like if you ever saw someone running in front of you, like at races, when we used to have road races and you'd see the people running in front of you, those people that their hips were like dropping a lot and you were like, wow, 
their hips are dropping a lot. Like they have a lot of excessive motion side to side. How are they even in front of me, right? That's what I would be thinking all the time. How with those mechanics? Why are they running faster than me? Why are they in front of me, right? So think about those people that are getting a lot of that side hip drop. That can be the biggest causative factor to this condition. So the other causative factor is if you run on a lot of country roads that have that really deep kind of camper in the road and it's a big curve, that can create one leg to be shorter or longer than another leg. And that can put excessive stress, especially if you're always running in one direction, which you should be for safety, right? So you're running into traffic so you can see those cars coming and be able to dodge them if you need to. But if your roads around your house are very slanted, then that can be a causative factor. So I know for myself, like when I run, especially super early at like 5 a.m., especially when it's winter and it's dark and I'm all lit up, I can see cars coming behind me because the lights are shining. So I'll try to switch it up and run on the other side of the road and run with traffic if possible or try to run on more pick roads that are actually more flatter. So they're not causing you to feel like, hey, one side's higher than the other the whole time. Um, So those are really the big three causes of IT band syndrome or four, if you want to call it that, the excessive loading issue, ramping up too soon, decreased iliotibial band length, weakness of those side hip muscles, and then running on surfaces that are uneven. So running on those surfaces that are uneven um, can be an issue. Or even if you are one of those track runners, I know there's not a lot of people running on the track nowadays, but if you ran like long runs on the track, number one, God bless you, the fact that you can do that. But if you're running in one direction, you know, doing a good like seven, eight miles, and that's like where you run 100% of your runs, then turning in one direction over and over and over again could cause that stress to the IT band on the outside. So let me jump in on some of the comments here, catch up on some comments here on Facebook. Uh, Sundar's here on the live. Hey, Sundar, good to see you. Lisa's here. And uh, Katrina says, is the pain from IT syndrome always on the outside of the knee? And can it cause pain in other areas? So yes, Katrina, great point. Um, The big, and this actually, (laughs) you were like reading my mind. This goes into symptoms. So what do you feel with IT band pain? It is going to be literally pinpoint specific. You can point to it with your finger, boom, right on the outside part of your knee. So for those that have the syndrome, they can point to it. So it's finger point as opposed to runner's knee, which is more that patellofemoral pain syndrome, which is more diffuse over the kneecap where you might have someone saying, like, my knee feels achy, but it's all over the kneecap. They can't really point with one finger, like, it hurts here. They are generalizing all over the kneecap area. So that's a great question, Katrina. And that's really the big symptom that runners feel. And it's usually more sharper as opposed to, like, a dull, achy pain that you can get with runner's knee. So IT band syndrome is usually sharper unless the tissue irritability isn't that high. So that kind of brings me to another point is depending upon the tissue irritability. So if somebody went out there and they haven't been running, haven't been training, they're like, hey, I'm going to go out and run eight miles. Then they're going to have high tissue irritability that next day because they probably have a lot of inflammation actually around it. The most common scenario is more the chronic scenario in which there's lower levels of tissue irritability, but it's you still get this sharp pain that stops you in your tracks. But it comes and goes and maybe only comes on the hills that you feel it. So that is, that is uh, to answer your question, Katrina, there. So change directions on the track? Yes, Lisa. So that's my recommendations for modifying. Absolutely. So if you can, and there's not too many people on the track, then yes, change directions. I recommend spending 50% going in one direction, 50% of your run going in the other. Even though it looks silly, someone watches you, they're like, they're running in the wrong direction on the track, but it's going to be better for your knee. So absolutely. So Trisha says, can you recover 100%? And we're going to get into some of that with treatment, but absolutely, Trisha, you can recover 100% if you follow some of the things that we're going to be talking about when we get to treatment. Um, 
So will uh, so Gina has another question. It is will your IT bands get stronger by doing core workouts, squats, weight? So Gina, that is a good question. The IT bands themselves will not get stronger because it's more that connective tissue that we talked about. That small muscle on the top of your hip, most runners are dominant and cyclists. So you, I know you cycle, are dominant in that muscle because your hip is in a flexed position when you cycle. So that muscle is a hip flexor and abductor. So it kicks out to the side and kicks forward. That muscle gets short and usually stiff. It's not a weakness issue of that muscle. Most runners are dominant in that muscle. When we get to treatment, we're going to talk about the most common muscle that is weak, and that's the one we want to target. That's the one we want to strengthen, and that's the one that is not strengthened with traditional double leg squats. Single leg squats, yes, but double leg, and we'll talk about that when we get to treatment. So that is a great question. Um, so Sundar is asking, how can you find out if your IT band is tight for yourself? Is tightness common for runners? Absolutely common for runners, Sundar. I would say, so like I said, that was the test I studied, um, which was the Ober test, we call it. When we can, the, the problem with the IT band is you have to put your hip through a really weird position. It's literally impossible for you to do on your own. So hamstring length is easy. You can lie on your back, kick your knee up, and you can see, hey, how, how tight are my hamstrings? And we can like take a, a guesstimate of an angle of how far it is to the vertical. The IT band, you cannot do this on your own. Literally, you cannot. It is hard enough for a skilled clinician to actually stabilize. And that was what my dissertation was about, is the fact that most people do it wrong and they don't stabilize the pelvis. So... It's impossible, unfortunately, to tell if yours is tight. If you generally feel tightness in the front outside part of your hip and you feel like that's stiff and tight, then that is usually a good sign of there's probably tightness there. So let's get into those were the causes. We talked about the symptoms. How do you know if you have it? So now what you all want to know about is how do you get rid of it, right? So the treatment. How do we get rid of iliotibial band syndrome? So this is going to be dependent upon the level of tissue irritability. So in that rare case that I talked about before, high tissue irritability, you're having pain most of the time during the day. Maybe if you had to rate your pain, it's a higher level. It's like a 7 out of 10, 8 out of 10, and it's really having you stop in your tracks and you can hardly run. So that's, to me, high tissue irritability. Then you may want to do a little rest, more active rest, not like shut everything down, sit on the couch, don't do anything for five days. Actually move. Actually do exercise that don't put stress, don't increase your knee pain. And then really tailor back your running. Okay, that's going to be the most aggressive form. And maybe ice on the outside for a day or two. Maybe take some anti-inflammatories if your stomach can handle it to decrease that inflammation. However, as I mentioned before, that is extremely rare for the runners that I've seen. The problem is traditional medical model of treatment, and you may have had this and went to your PCP, or you may have seen another medical provider who probably gave you that prescription and that treatment that I just mentioned. Rest it, stop running, ice it and don't do running for a week or two weeks and then just try to go back to running again and then see if it's any better. And if it's not any better, then I'll send you to an orthopedic specialist. So if it's the pain that we just described today, pinpoint specific on the outside part of your knee, right on the outside, and you didn't have any trauma, meaning you didn't fall off a ladder, you didn't step in a pothole and twist your knee, you didn't. there's going to be no injury to your inner knee ligaments, your meniscus, your ACL, it's not going to be that if it's right on the outside part of your knee. It's IT band syndrome. Given all of that, there's no need to actually go and see an orthopedic specialist who specializes in surgery because there is no surgery for this. There are no procedures for this. So the best treatment we're going to get into right now. So first off, can I tell you what not to do? Please do not Find that painful spot on the outside part of your knee, as I mentioned, right here, and take your foam roller and lie on it and rub right over it, even though you may be inclined to do so 
because you say, hmm, painful spot. I've had painful muscles before. I roll painful muscles and painful muscles feel better, right? Do not rub over that spot with a foam roller, with a rolling stick, with a lacrosse ball, with a tennis ball. Please don't do that. It will not get better and it will be extremely painful. The other thing that you don't want to do is actually roll over the IT band right on the outermost part of your leg. So you may have heard to roll the IT band. I've done that for many, many years. Extremely painful. I found no success with it personally. I've given it to many runners before. Haven't really found much success. Then tell you a little story. As we go through our physical therapy profession, we learn new techniques to do right with patients or our manual therapy skills, stuff we do with our hands. So one of the courses I went to continuing education was instrument assisted soft tissue mobilization. It's with the shiny instruments, the stainless steel, different shapes and sizes. Graston was the course I went to. We talked about doing this. You're basically using instruments to apply massage to different areas of the body. We talked about using the instruments around the IT band, not directly over it. And when I heard this, I said, wow, this makes sense because I know when I foam roll the IT band, that hurts a lot. That does not feel good whatsoever. And I don't feel like it's helped at all. So I started utilizing that in the clinic with the tools to release the connective tissue that connects to the IT band to the muscles on the front side, which is your lateral quad muscle, vastus lateralis, and then your lateral hamstring muscle. So your biceps femoris muscle and found some success. So I said, you know what? Why don't I apply this with the foam rolling techniques to release soft tissue, right? So that's the self-care that you can do, our soft tissue self-care that we do. So if you want to learn more about soft tissue self-care, that is literally episode five of the podcast. We did a deep dive into all different types of soft tissue care. So check out episode five. But that's one technique we do in the clinic, instrument-assisted. And then foam rolling is a technique you can do on your own. So what I recommend for this, I kind of created a little special spark recipe for foam rolling. So if you want that video, just type in IT band foam rolling into the comment box for those that are here on the live. And if you're listening to this on the podcast, I will drop that video link into the show notes because I feel so passionate about sharing this with others because there are so many people who have rolled their IT bands and haven't found success. And this has helped me personally a lot, as well as a lot of the clients that I work with on an individual basis. So in this video, I show you how to actually release the muscle at the top, the TFL muscle we talked about, and then doing a little pin and stretch, and then rolling that just in front of the IT band by angling your body forward, and then rolling just behind the IT band. A lot of the treatment I'm going to be talking about, Liz, you're going to make sure, and I know you're in our Spark Fitness program, so we actually do a lot of these exercises and these principles within our fitness program for runners, but we are going to um, talk about right now what else you want to do in addition to foam rolling. So the first treatment I'm going to recommend is foam rolling, but not going directly for the kill, going directly slightly in front of the IT band, slightly behind, causes a decompressive effect to the IT band, so it feels a lot looser. So that's first treatment. Second treatment, the most important thing you can do as a runner is strengthen. (laughs) Let's repeat that again to make sure I'm clear because it is not stretching that is going to get this condition better. As I mentioned before, the IT bands made up of fibrous connective tissue. It does not really stretch. It's not a muscle. The muscles at the hip, it's a tiny muscle. So stretching does not really help. You need to strengthen the side supporting hip muscles, specifically the glute medius muscle. Now, for this muscle, what I find in all the runners I've worked with over the years is sometimes runners have a hard time kicking in this muscle. So they have this muscle imbalance that they're dominant with that TFL muscle we talked about before. So I have a a great isolation exercise to help isolate this muscle that I call the humbler, a traditional side leg lift. You're lying on your side, you kick your leg up to the ceiling. Everyone's following me, right? Most people will kick their leg slightly in front of their body 
because they're compensating with their TFL. What we need you to do is kick in your side hip muscle, the glute medius muscle, the back fibers of it. Those are the fibers that help stabilize your pelvis when you run. So how do we do that? We have you do it lying against the wall and your heel slides up the wall as you kick up to the ceiling now. And you feel it in that back part of the hip. You will know you're doing this correctly if you feel a good burn right back in that part of the hip. So I have a video showing you how to do that and I will be happy to drop that. So that's the humbler. That's where I start with a lot of my runners because they have to find it first. A lot of what we talk about with strengthening for runners is a lot of mental aspect. So you have to get into the mind muscle connections. So that helps you find what muscle you need to use. And then the key is you can't stop there. That can't be the end-all, be-all exercise. And you may have stopped there if you've had PT in the past. You might have had your PT say, lie on your side, do three sets of 10, leg lifts. And you probably weren't against the wall, but now you're going to know to do it against the wall. And then they might have given you straight leg raises. They might have given you some glute bridges to do, right? And more table-based exercises. The problem that I find in a lot of rehab programs is there's a, a, there's a lack of bridging that gap from rehab exercises to running exercises. So the key is you need to actually strengthen this muscle with your foot on the ground because if you didn't realize running, your foot is on the ground, right? So you need to use that muscle when your foot's on the ground, and that's how it functions when you run. So we want to strengthen it like that when you run. So the other exercise that's a nice starter that I like to give out to progress to standing is a combination of in standing position. You're standing on one leg and you push your leg out into the wall. And then you do hip drops, which teaches your body to contract that muscle and control the lowering of your pelvis, which is what happens when you run. It actually slowly lowers your pelvis a couple degrees, as we mentioned before. So this teaches your muscle how to be used as it is during running. That would be the progression. Again, the starting point is the humbler, is that one lying on your side, feeling that burn, and then this is the progression. All right, so those are two great exercises, and those that have worked with me individually who are here on the live, you know you probably got these exercises because they have worked. They have worked numerous times, so I'm hoping that these can help you um, battle or fight this chronic kind of outside of the knee pain that you have, or these are really helpful if you've had that pain in the past and you want to keep it from coming back. So that is where I want to go next, is how do we keep this from coming back? Because that is actually the reason why I started Spark Physical Therapy is because I got tired of only being able to provide what I call sick care, meaning you have pain and you go to PT and you get fixed. We make you feel better. We get rid of your pain. We strengthen you up. You feel better. And then you go back to your, we discharge you. We say, bye-bye, you're discharged from PT. And hopefully I don't see you again. But if I do, this was fun. You know, it was great talking to you during our sessions. And hopefully next time I see you for a different injury, right? That's usually what happens. However, there's that, again, that lack of a bridge between PT rehab exercises and you actually being able to run. So that's where I really founded Spark Physical Therapy with is kind of bridging that gap and focusing more on the preventative and preventing it from coming back. So the key to preventing it from coming back is you need to do progressive exercises, meaning continually challenge that muscle and progress it and keep doing that. So your rehab becomes the prehab. And when I say that, I don't mean the exact same exercise that your PT gave you in PT, you need to do forever. You should be progressed because you will get stronger over time. And you can't stay just doing clamshells or just doing side leg lifts for the rest of your life. You should not be doing those for 10 or 15 years before your runs to help prevent your knee pain from coming back. You should go the next level. So if you want a good exercise idea for the next level, what I had my runners do in the Spark Fitness program that we did 
during COVID and that we're finishing up with this month is a great exercise that I've done for years in the gym to help prevent this outside knee pain in myself so I can strengthen my hip abductors and continually challenge them. And you may have seen this before. You might have done this before. The way I like to do this as outlined in the video is isolate the muscle with your knee straight first because you get a good burn with that and then bend your knee and go into a squat position or what we call like a crab walk, kind of walking side to side, looking like a crab. And that will control also your knee going in and out. And then I actually like to isolate the back part of the hip that we talked about, the back side fibers. So I do like a little superset of three exercises in a row. It's a great burner on the side hip muscles. And again, it's a great prehab exercise. If number one, you're a runner right now and you listen to this podcast, you're in this Facebook group, there's a lot of people when they sign up and they say, I just want to learn how to prevent running injuries. So you've never had this before. That would be the exercise I would say to do. Gina talked about squats. Do they strengthen the IT band? They don't. And they don't strengthen the gluteus medius muscle on two legs. But one-legged squats do. Because when you're standing on one leg, that side hip muscle, that gluteus medius, has to actually stabilize your pelvis. Unless you're doing a one-legged squat and your pelvis keeps dropping. So that's a no, 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 right? We want to keep our pelvis nice and level when we're squatting. So we're actually strengthening that side hip muscle. All right. So Katrina says her videos are her favorite. Uh, she's saying everyone listen, they work. All right, guys. So I'm not just saying this. There are actually other runners who have done these before. So hopefully listen. If you're not going to listen to me, listen to Katrina. Um, she'll uh, steer you in the right direction. So Eileen says um, her knee has been making the loudest clicking noise, clicking, not cracking with every running step, not walking, but she took six weeks off. She started with a mile yesterday. The clicking is still really loud, but the pain is not as bad. Feels like a tight IT band behind my knee. So the IT band isn't behind the knee, Eileen. So that could be a couple different possibilities behind the knee pain. Um, there's your calf muscle that attaches back there. Sometimes there's trigger point back there. There is a bigger cyst that could potentially cause back of the knee pain. This is actually, and then there's your hamstring tendon. So a good evaluation will be able to determine what's actually in the back of the knee. So I guess the question is if the clicking is in the front or the back, if it's in the back, then that's possible. But if it's in the front, then that's that runner's knee scenario usually. So this is a great example, Eileen, of what you don't want to do in the future so you know is whenever you get clicking or pain, and this is for everyone who's listening to this, please, 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 don't just stop running for weeks at a time or a month or six weeks because what happens is not only do you lose your running fitness, but your muscles actually get weaker. Most running-related injuries are due to muscle weakness, so you're actually exacerbating the problem. So what you need to do, Eileen, is next time find a good running medical practitioner. Obviously, I'm going to be a little biased to the physical therapy profession, but there are some great running chiropractors out there, great running um, sports docs out there that I would recommend you seeing, getting a proper diagnosis. They can get you on a plan and actually keep you running at the same time of getting better. And that's what I really do with the runners that I work with is it is extremely rare that I shut someone down for even a week. And I actually had to do this last week. I really felt bad doing it, but it was necessary, but it worked. So I actually just saw her for a second visit last week and the pain now was gone and she got stronger from the initial exercise I gave her. So I didn't say do nothing for a week. I didn't say just rest in ice and, you know, put ice on and e-stim and maybe massage it. I actually gave her exercises to strengthen the muscles around the hip and she got stronger. She didn't have pain. And then we did our return to run program to get back into running this week. So I didn't wait six weeks to do PT for six weeks and then say, oh, you're better now and you're stronger. Now let's start running. So that's key first off. So hopefully that helps Eileen in the future for you to know that is to find the right medical practitioner that isn't going to tell you to stop running because I'm going to tell you 99 times out of 100, you don't need to stop running actually. And I actually get 
quicker results with the runners I work with on an individual basis by having them keep running because they maintain their strength and honestly, they feel better, right? Mentally, you tell a runner to not run. Like if you told me to not run, I don't know what I would do, right? Like I can't remember the last time I didn't run for more than a week. So, and it affects us, right? Especially if it's part of our life, it's part of what we do. It's, it's part of your, your, your character, right? It, it's, it's you. <laughs> so I find more benefit by keep running, but finding out what the problem is and then start implementing those solutions to the problem. All right. So hopefully this information was helpful for you. We talked about how to prevent it is really by doing some of the treatment strategies, but the progression of it. You don't need to do them every day either. That's the other thing is you need to target specific muscles once a week. And if you're wondering what those specific muscles are, I've outlined those in my Spark Blueprint. So go back to episodes one through five and episode two, we talked about what are the five main running muscles you should be targeting and strengthening. And then episode three, we talked about jump training to run. And in episode four, we talked about training on one leg. Training on one leg is huge for IT band syndrome. Huge. Because when you're on one leg, you're strengthening your gluteus medius muscle, that outside hip muscle. So hopefully that's probably like the most important thing I want you to remember from this talk is in order to get IT band syndrome better, you need to target that side hip muscle. As a reminder, guys, we have our Spark Your Soul virtual race series coming up and we have our 5K at the end of June to finish off our Spark Fitness program and um, Connecticut reopening up, gyms opening up at the end of this month. We wanted to kind of put a little bow tie and we're doing a 5K June 27th. So if you are interested in that and you haven't told me, type in 5K into the comment box. I will reach out to you and also tell you how you can sign up. Um, we're also doing a 10K at the end of July, July 18th, and then a half marathon virtually August 1st all of these races, you have a four-day window to actually run the races. You pick the course. If you're interested in learning more about the race series, text me, 203-376-6514, and text me either 5K, virtual race series. I will get back to you. I will make it easy for you. You can register, sign up using Venmo, PayPal, credit card, whatever you want to do. All the proceeds, if you missed that episode two episodes ago, we had Lisa on the show and we talked about where all these proceeds are going to. So some really great causes um, during COVID. So I'll be able to happy to share that with you. If you sign up for all three, just like Eddie wants to sign up for all three, then you're going to get a little discount. So you can do all three races for 50 bucks. The other ones are going to be 18 each. So let me know about the races. I will have more posts coming out about that and more emails about the race series coming. So if you're not on my email list, definitely head over to sparkyourtraining.com. Sign up for my email list so you can stay in tune to some of these announcements. And really the goal is to keep us motivated running throughout the summer um, while races are canceled. So to do this kind of virtual race series and do it for a great program. The other thing I wanted to announce first time announcing this here live on the podcast is a beta program that I am running. This is going to be our, so for those that don't know, I did recently get certified as a running coach because I think training is such an important element to most running related injuries. And I wanted to learn more to help the clients that I work with, but I also wanted to help those of you who maybe are not injured and we can have a relationship and help you in other ways, just like we've done with the Spark Fitness program. And I never thought I'd be doing kind of uh, back to my days of personal training and doing exercises to keep runners healthy. But it's been really rewarding in seeing that. And I want to be able to help you be able to actually learn some strategies from a coaching standpoint. And what I'm going to be doing is rolling this out and seeing if this is something I want to do in the future. So I'm really looking for a small set, a subset of runners that are interested in trialing this beta program of Spark Coaching. 
And what this is really going to be is more of a customized training plan. So it's going to be 100% customized training plans that I develop for you, monitored by myself. So being a running physical therapist as well as a coach, taking into account your injury history and those factors that maybe you wouldn't get with um, someone who's just a running coach. I think run coaches are awesome. I have a lot of clients that work with run coaches, and I highly, highly recommend run coaching. Um, I'm also going to give you a 100% customized strength plan developed and monitored by myself. We're going to modify your plan as needed on a weekly basis. We're going to do live onboarding coaching, so kind of jumping on a Zoom call um, and chatting about kind of the customized plan I've developed for you and what the plan is moving forward. And then I'm going to provide you weekly workout analysis and accountability through our communication on a weekly basis. So this is more of a one-on-one versus just a plan. You could simply Google. Um, it's going to be customized to you. I want to see what the interest is and I want to run it through implementing the principles that I've learned a little bit more. I'm kind of excited to implement uh, these principles in addition to my medical background and knowledge in designing these customized programs. So if you're interested in this and you want to be part of this beta program, I'm only going to take five runners for this program because honestly, I need to see what I can do in terms of my schedule and time-wise. So I want to take five runners who are interested in this. If you're interested in learning more, check out the show notes and I'll have it in the blog, how to get in touch with me. Or if you simply want to text me, go for it. 203-376-6514 and just type in Spark Coaching. Excited about that. So let's get into our final stretch. Every episode we talk about our final stretch. So I usually ask my guests if they can change one thing about the misconception of running, what would it be? I'm going to go with the misconception of IT band syndrome in runners. What would that be? Is in order to get this better, you don't need to rest, ice, and put on a knee brace or a knee sleeve to fix it. Those will not fix this condition. The big fix is going to be strengthening those side hip muscles. So I hope I got that point across on this episode. And let's recap what we covered in this episode. We talked about what IT band syndrome is. We talked about what are the causes of IT band syndrome. We talked about what are the symptoms? How do you know if you have it? How do you get rid of it? So what is the treatment? And then how do we prevent it from coming back? Or if you've had it in the past, how are you going to prevent it from coming back in the future? So I'm sure there are going to be runners out here who heard this podcast episode or watched it on the Spark Your Training YouTube channel and or within the Healthy Runner Facebook group in the future. And maybe you join the group and I ask you usually that question, like what's your number one running related question you would like to learn? And I read all those, by the way, and I usually respond to you guys who sign up for our Healthy Runner Facebook group. And I hear a lot of the IT band questions. So that's why I created this. So I might actually give you this video in the future and say, watch this video. You're going to get a lot from it. But if you are looking for more guidance or if you're a runner who's trying to stay healthy and you can't train because of pain is stopping you and you've tried to run, but the pain's just stopping you from meeting your goals or you're worried that your injury will limit you from doing the thing you love. Right now, we need our, our mental clarity runs during coronavirus, right? And, and you can't work out and train or have you wondered what it's going to cost you in the long run if you continue to train through pain and or have you seen other medical providers in the past that just tell you to stop running or stop your activity so i have a unique treatment approach if you haven't gotten that point across during this video that really focuses on solving these problems with our clients so this is one of the common problems that i help all all of my clients with all I see are runners who have pains just like this, who have Achilles pain, who have plantar fasciitis, who have hamstring tendinopathy, who have shin splints, right? So those are the common injuries that I see. And I combine manual hands-on techniques with guided supervised exercises to help you get your body stronger, pain-free, and perform at your peak level to get you back on the road doing what you love. So my goal is to help keep you active and on the road. I want to see you running while recovering from your injuries by guiding you in ways to modify your training rather than eliminating running. So if you want more information 
on some of my one-on-one individualized services. If you are in the New Haven, Connecticut area, or if you're not in the New Haven, Connecticut area, thanks to coronavirus, we now are offering virtual telehealth sessions. So I've been able to actually help out many runners across the country and even doing some virtual consults internationally with runners overseas, which has actually been very rewarding to see because the majority of running-related injuries get better with proper education and exercises, which with technology, we can do this just like we're doing this video right now through Zoom, through a live call, and I can actually guide you in the exercise and provide you the feedback you need to get rid of your pain. So if you want more information on that, just go to sparkyourtraining.com. You will easily be able to contact me and we can jump on a call and see if it's a good fit for us to work together to get you back running so you can hit those goals that you want, whether it's to run your first 5K without stopping to walk or if it's to run your first half marathon when races get back in season or is it to just run to be healthy and to run consistently like you want to be a runner you see people running outside all the time you're like that looks like i want to be able to do that and if you want it to be a part of your lifestyle because running is a fantastic activity that can help keep you healthy and active so head over to sparkyourtraining.com. I want to thank you guys. I'm sorry this went a little long, a little bit longer than I usually like, but I had so much info to share with you and you guys asked some great questions. So thank you for those that jumped on the Facebook Live and asked those questions. Reminder, every Monday night, 8 p.m., we go live within the Healthy Runner Facebook group. So if you want to get your question answered on the topics for that week, make sure you join the group, jump in, Thank you for all those that listened on the podcast, the Healthy Runner podcast, as well as the Spark Your Training YouTube channel. Um, I appreciate you guys. I want to keep you running without pain. Thanks again. Stay active, stay healthy, and just keep running. Until next time, friends. Hey, thanks so much for listening to this episode. I appreciate you. And I hope you got a lot of value out of it. And I hope that becoming a healthy runner is as exciting for you as it is for me. I hope you can see that this podcast can not only benefit your running, but your overall health as well. If I said something that resonated with you, then jump over to our free Facebook group called Healthy Runner. I give live trainings in there every single week to the hundreds of members. I answer questions directly in there and absolutely love hearing the takeaway and wins that you have from this show. More on the show at sparkyourtraining.com for our latest articles, resources, and specific exercise videos I mentioned in the show. You can also head over to any of my social media accounts at sparkyourtraining where I include lots of free content for all the ideas I talked about in the show. If you have learned anything from this podcast, I would really appreciate if you headed over to Apple Podcasts or iTunes and rated and reviewed it as well as pass it along to your runner friends so they can have the same tools and ideas that you now have. If you have any questions, suggestions, and show ideas, the best way to reach out is through your favorite social media platform. Thank you so much and I appreciate you. Stay active, stay healthy, and just keep running. Now it's time to strap in and get ready for the next episode of the Healthy Runner Podcast.